Hello to all of our listeners and welcome to the 13th episode of the Property Insights Podcast. I'm Amber Fur, joining you from our Dubai office, and today I'm speaking to Select Property Group's very own Lucas Chong, Business Development Manager covering the region of Southeast Asia. So welcome, Lucas. How are you? Hi, Amber. Thank you for having me. I'm very good today. How are you? Yes, very well. Thank you. So, Lucas, you recently opened our Malaysia office due to the high demand in the Southeast Asia region. What do you think attracts investors in this region to UK property investment? Well, the Southeast Asia market has always been a key market for UK property. In fact, we have seen an increasing demand and interest from the Southeast Asia over the recent years. I think as we can appreciate, property market in many Asian countries have reached a certain point of ceiling point. And often when that happens, there are cooling measures being put into place by local governments to control the market. You know, take Singapore, for example, additional buyer stamp duty, ABST, can reach up to as high as 17 to 25% for second or third properties. And that also comes with a minimum five years holding period. Wow, okay. Yeah, and this has really motivated many investors to look elsewhere at overseas property as it no longer makes sense to invest in a controlled market, which also comes with high additional costs. And when exploring overseas property as well, you know, many times with my clients, UK has been one of the top choice as I believe UK property market has always proven to be very resilient from the past decades and even throughout the recent pandemic. House prices are still rising. It is also a very safe market for foreign ownership when it comes to legal framework and also the law of UK. Okay, great. And yeah, you're right. Even throughout the pandemic, you know, the and and post-pandemic, even now, property prices in the UK are continuing to defy economic conditions by just keeping on rising. Um, It's incredible, really. And like you say, with the sort of comparison to other markets, whether it's in Asia or the Middle East, there really is no sort of comparison when it comes to the resilience of UK property. Exactly. And I also believe that property is always fundamentally about supply and demand. So unlike many other investments such as stocks and shares, cryptocurrency, as we've seen recently, uh, they can be very volatile. So in fact, for UK, certain regions which are still very undersupplied of properties, they are reaping very high profits for investors, hence the increasing demand as well. Absolutely. So in today's podcast, then, we're going to give our listeners a checklist of considerations when investing in UK property from overseas. So to start us off then, when it comes to property, as you just mentioned, you know, it is underpinned in the UK by a supply and demand imbalance. But it does matter where investors choose, doesn't it, for their rental properties. So where in the UK would you say are the key hotspots for property investment and why? Exactly. I mean, with property investment, it's always about location, location and location. Uh, with the UK property market, Manchester and Birmingham has definitely been the main two hotspots that are attracting global investments for the strong returns and high rental demand. Both cities have major regeneration activity taking place, including various master plans. So master plan areas have a focus on creating a community. So they usually include new residential apartments, office and retail spaces, restaurants and bars, transport sling, major infrastructure projects, school shops, healthcare, etc. And by creating this community, you know, these areas attract uh, renters. 
Absolutely. And I know you mentioned Manchester there, and I know there's certainly a lot of master plan activity going on. You know, we've got the, the Great Jackson Street master plan, which is the sort of location of all these skyscrapers evolving on the skyline. But then also some other areas such as, you know, Ancoats and the Northern Quarter having a lot of investment and are becoming really, really popular for tenants and young professionals. So what is it that makes Manchester such an amazing investment hotspot? Yeah, exactly. And with Manchester, it is probably one of the cities that has changed um, very rapidly over the past five years. And Manchester is perhaps a more established investment city than Birmingham. Manchester is performing exceptionally well consistently for the past five years with a strong growth forecast as well. The city is set to see the highest rate of economic growth of all major UK cities over the next five years with a GVA growth of 16.4% according to Oxford Economics. And in terms of business side of things, Manchester has 80 over 100 FTSE top 100 companies, including BBC, Adidas, Amazon, Booking.com, Keylots. And the latest news just last week, Rolls-Royce is actually returning to Manchester with a new base too. Wow. Yeah, there's certainly a lot going on there. I absolutely love Manchester from a sort of tenant side as well. Um, so I lived there renting for two years before I moved out to Dubai. Um, and it really is a city with such a soul and such character. And I can see why it's, it's appealing from an investment perspective, but also, of course, from a sort of tenant demand perspective as well. So moving on to Birmingham then, again, from a tenant side, I actually lived in Birmingham for three years at university. And it's such a great city that I think is often overlooked in the UK. Um, but of course, it's, it's the UK's second city, isn't it, by size and population? Yeah, exactly. With Birmingham as well, I would say it depends very much on the timing to enter the market as well. So Birmingham, on the other hand, is catching up with Manchester currently. It is often known as the UK's second city, as you would say in terms of size economic-wise. And currently, it is a start of exciting period of strong and sustained growth for this city. You know, so in fact, Birmingham is forecasted to see a strongest house price and rental growth over the next five years, where property values in Birmingham are predicted to rise by 4.9% per year for the next five years. And just to give an idea to compare, the UK average is currently at 3%. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? It really has sort of entered a, a long-term growth phase. Yeah. Yeah. The growth is quite significant too. And I would say the key drivers for the growth of the city are really down to the major regeneration and investment projects such as, I think as some of us will be familiar, the Commonwealth Games in 2022. This really puts Birmingham on the world stage, increasing its global presence. The Games will create around 35,000 new jobs and skills opportunities. A legacy of the Games will see also 5,000 new homes in Perry Bar, which is the regeneration area of North Birmingham by 2040. And just to add on as well, I think with another plan that many of us here will be very familiar, especially from the Asia side, uh, would be the high-speed train, the HS2. Great project. It's such a big uh, scale of plan to improve the northern cities. And the high-speed tour alone will cut the commute time between Birmingham and London from 1 hour 21 minutes now to just 52 minutes when it's completed. You know, so that really makes Birmingham a commuter hotspot for millions of Londoners looking for affordable rent and more amenities. High Speed 2 is estimated to bring about 50,000 additional jobs to the West Midlands. So you can imagine 
you know, more undersupply of rental apartments will be happening in Birmingham. Absolutely. And as you said, it's interesting that HS2 itself will bring so many more jobs to the West Midlands. But also, like you mentioned, it will make Birmingham a commuter hotspot for Londoners who want to maintain their jobs in the capital. They'll then, for the first time ever, really, be able to feasibly commute from London to Birmingham to have a a much better residential offering. Um, And also, especially as a sort of working from home, flexibility has come in post-pandemic. You know, a lot of people are just in the office for half of the week. So it might then be more appealing to them to live in Birmingham and just commute for half the week and work the rest from home. So are there any sort of master plan areas in Birmingham like we just spoke about within Manchester? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think for a more relevant kind of business master plan, you know, we looked at the Snow Hill area, which is the central business district of Birmingham. And we do have this Snow Hill master plan. You know, it is a 20 years plan to enhance the city key assets, uh, such as the Como business district. So that would be the prime business district of Birmingham. So the Snow Hill master plan actually includes a 50 million pounds investment into the Snow Hill station, creating nearly 8,000 new jobs once again. And on the recent few years, we've already seen HSBC and Goldman Sachs moving their headquarters or presence to Birmingham. You know, which has also increased the population and rental demand in the market significantly. Absolutely. And I think that's a growing trend, isn't it, of sort of blue chip employers moving out of the capital or perhaps just branching out of the capital and, and building further headquarters in Birmingham, you know, to sort of make use of that Birmingham talent pool. So, yeah, it's definitely a growing trend and, of course, attracting lots of young professional renters to the city. So on our own developments then. You know, we have various Manchester developments under a couple of different brands. And we've also recently launched our Birmingham, our first affinity living development in Birmingham. What kind of yields can investors expect within our developments in these these prime hotspot cities? Well, I think if we refer back to our completed development, say, for example, in Manchester, our affinity living development, they are currently achieving a rental yield of 6%. This is the same number for our Birmingham Affinity Living Development projection to achieve for our investors. Okay, great. And that is a really strong rental yield, isn't it? You know, sort of comparatively to London, for example, where the average rental yield is around 3% in the sort of prime, you know, zone one and two areas. So moving on to the second consideration then in our investors checklist, reputability of a developer. Why is this important and what kind of things do investors need to look out for to get an idea of how reputable a developer really is? Well, it is always important to look at the track record of a developer, you know, whether you're investing in your home country or overseas. You know, I would say uh, we need to make sure the developer has a strong track record, especially in terms of completed property, uh, which are currently achieving strong yield. And a common objection I face, you know, for off-plan investment would be that investors, they do worry that property will never be completed as this is something that could happen, you know, in the Asian region of the world. But this is a rare occurrence in a UK property market. But it is important to check that the developer has a portfolio of completed property. Another point I would say is that, you know, if the price is too good to be true, it generally is. You know, if they are promising a high return, especially in terms of guaranteed returns, that is higher than what the market can achieve 
it could be a risk. So also looking into the quality of these completed developments, are they occupied with tenants as well? Yeah, definitely. I think, as you say, it's so important to look up a developer's track record and, and to check that they have got these completed developments. But also, as you say, to make sure that they're occupied um, and that tenants are, are happy living there. Okay, so moving on to our next tip then. So finding the right investment largely depends on an investor's preferences, you know, their financial goals and their budget. How would you recommend that an investor works out their financial goals and their budget? And are there any additional costs that they should be factoring in to sort of work out their net income? Savvy property investors, they always enjoy a rewarding returns through a balance of rental income and value appreciation in their property. Now gone are the days of buying and flipping a property to make a quick profit. Instead, property consultants advise to buy and hold the property as a mid to long term investment. Now, rental income is the agreed monthly amount that tenants pay to live in your investment property. So your net operating income is the amount you pocket from the rent you collect after deducting operating expenses such as maintenance fees and mortgage repayments if you choose to finance your property. And the other most common operating expenses are vacant periods, so rental property management fees and furnishing costs. However, achieved rents are much higher on built-to-rent apartments in prime city centre locations such as Manchester and Birmingham. You know, with these properties, maintenance costs also tend to be significantly lower as they are newer, more durable and built for purpose. So I would say generally each investor's budget and financial goals will be completely different. It is best that they speak with a property consultant to work out a clearer idea of this before they progress with any investment as it is always wise to understand different needs of different investors so that we can find something that will best suit their investment goals as well. Okay, so moving on to number four then. It's important to get a cost breakdown when it comes to investing in property so that people can truly understand and calculate their net return. So could you talk us through this cost breakdown and any hidden fees or costs? Yes, cost breakdown and costing to maintain a rental property in the UK is probably uh, one of the most important aspects to me personally as an investor. Because when it comes to investment, you know, it's all about numbers. UK are preferred um, over many countries because there are no hidden costs. And typically there are three running costs involved. So first, we have the management fee, and this is for leasing out your property. Um, this is typically at 7 to 10% of the rental income. Uh, we do have a preferred partner in place, uh, Satil Property Experience, who has been managing these properties for our overseas clients, hence making it hassle-free. And secondly, we have the service charge. So this is equivalent to maintenance fee. And this is often at £3 to £3.50 per square feet per annum. And on top of that, we have the ground rent, which is at 0.1% of the property price. And this is payable once per year. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and then moving on to payment plans. Um, I know that all the property that we offer is off plan. So, of course, that the investor gets the benefit of um, capital growth over the build period. But what sort of payment plans do we offer? 
Yeah, worth to share for UK property is a bit different from properties in Asia uh, because there is no progressive billing. So if it's often um, 20 to 30% down payment uh, from a reputable developer and balance will be due on completion. And this is typically two to three years later. And financing your rental property is entirely dependent on your budget and personal preference. So I would say establish your goal and budget first before looking out for options that might be suitable for you. Okay, great. And finally then, what about mortgage options? Is this, again, largely quite a bespoke service? Yes. So oftentimes I get asked, you know, for uh, foreign nationals, can I get a mortgage in UK? And the short answer is yes. As a guideline, it is a maximum of 75% loan to value to non-resident buyers. And interest rate typically range from 3 to 5% depending on terms. UK bank, they look mainly at high consistent income. They don't look at your debt ratio outside of UK. We do have recommended mortgage advisor, uh, visionary finance in place, who has been assisting our clients worldwide. So, so they do provide a bespoke service to our clients who need it to look into mortgages. Okay, great. And just for anyone listening that wants to find out more about that mortgage process, um, we actually recently recorded a podcast with Visionary Finance. So do go ahead and listen to that as well for more information. So moving on to the next question then, considering management options. I know you touched on how important it is to look into rental management and to help to find a tenant for your property. But what is the value of choosing a purpose-built property with management options in-house? I would say this is one of the most important uh, or most value to say for foreign investor because they are not physically close to the property. And ideally, you want your property to perform for you without you having to attend to all the hassles. So essentially, it's a hands-off, hassle-free investment model, perfect for overseas investors. If something goes wrong, for example, with maintenance or noise complaints, there is a 24-hour management team on site to support that. Yeah, that's very valuable, isn't it? It must be quite stressful for an overseas investor um, if their tenant is calling them directly you know, with these issues and they can't be on the ground there to support. What is the benefit of management um, to the renter? Well, for tenants as well, um, you know, they can have one point of contact if anything goes wrong. So that gives them a very high quality living experience uh, with minimal hassle. Again, when it comes to that, it makes them more likely to stay longer and renew contracts. So high rebooking rates spells out to be consistent high rental yield for investor. Absolutely. And I think within our own developments, that is something that we really prioritize, you know, that resident experience, whether that's through the service that we offer or the communities that we build, we found that that has been a really important driver in tenants renewing their contracts, haven't we? Yeah. And in fact, one of our pride is also in terms of creating a community, you know, as we believe in generating long-term consistent yield and high rebooking rates, as I've mentioned to not only uphold the brands, but also for our investors. You know, our brands focus a lot on creating a community within the tenants. And this is done via amenities. For example, we have cinema lounge, a co-working space, private meeting booth, free coffee and sparkling water tap even at our lobby and events for our tenants on a weekly basis. And with a sense of community, what it really means is that it retains the tenant Hence, high rebooking rates and consistent rent for the investors once again. 
Definitely. I know there's been research done to prove that if a tenant knows one other person in the building, I think they're twice as likely to consider renewing. And I think that number goes up even more if they know more than one person. So yeah, you're right. You know, creating that sense of community is vital. Okay, so moving on to the next one then, furnishing a rental property. Uh, You know, it's been an ongoing debate among property investors whether or not to furnish their rental properties, because I know some investors would rather sort of avoid that initial upfront cost. But we've seen a a huge amount of value in, in furnished properties. You know, what is the value to the investor of furnishing? I would say it definitely makes your property more desirable. So that means uh, fewer vacant periods as well. And from what we see in the market, uh, most city centre apartments in Manchester and Birmingham are furnished. And coming back to our apartments, our apartments come readily tenanted on handover. So foreign buyers can actually choose to furnish or not furnish their apartment on completion. And again, I would say furnishing the unit helps. However, from our recently completed developments as well, unfurnished unit tends to rent quickly too. So either way, we're here to help our investors. And more importantly, it is the strong rental market that really matters more. Okay, great. Moving on to our last checklist point, taxation. Now, this can be quite confusing again for um, a first-time investor, whether you're based in the UK or, or overseas. Can you talk to us about the implications of investing in UK property from overseas from a tax perspective? Yes, so typically there are three taxes involved when buying UK property. So first we have the stamp duty land tax, rental income tax, and of course the capital gain tax. Now circling back to our earlier point today, uh, many investors chose to invest in the UK as stamp duty are relatively low here. So stamp duty in the UK are tiered by amount. And we are looking at an average of just about 6 to 7% based on price range of Manchester and Birmingham property. Rental income tax is at 20% before any allowances deductible. And capital gain tax is either at 18% or 28% on net sales profit, depending on your income tax bracket. Um, generally, relatively low taxes as compared to many countries. Okay, great. You can really see the sort of value to an overseas investor of choosing the UK again. And for these overseas investors, for any sort of top tips or people who want to know a bit more, you're actually hosting a webinar soon, aren't you? Yes, I am. So in fact, I'm hosting a webinar on the 6th of July uh, to share more on our completed developments in Manchester and also new opportunities in Birmingham. So for those who are keen to find out more, you can register your interest. Just search for Select Property Group Asia on Facebook and you can find the registration link there. Okay, amazing. And we'll also include that link in the podcast notes if anybody wants to click via there. Um, So Lucas, thank you so much. That's been a really valuable conversation and hopefully it's helped a lot of overseas investors with anything that they might be unsure of. My pleasure. And for everyone listening, thank you for joining us on our 13th episode If you found this useful and want to stay up to date with the market, please subscribe on your platform of choice. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. 